Welcome to Studio One. If you like what you see, like and subscribe and comment. How's it like over there? How's life? It's okay. Things are slowly opening up, which is good. We're uh, we're kind of slowly coming towards the end of like full on lockdown, so things are starting to uh, kind of loosen up a little bit. It's been nice to get out and, and do some normal things, yeah. just just like getting coffee and walking around, like luxuries yeah. that we all that we all took for for granted. But yeah, how's it in Toronto? Um, we we relocked back up, so it's, uh, oh, it's a pretty so confusing sorry. time. We're just yeah. uh, we're just exhausted. We're not, yeah. we're not like, uh, especially the young people are like, okay. Yeah. For, 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 for everybody, we have to do this. Sure. Like, Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's fatigue. It's the yeah. fatigue setting in and everyone's just like, I want to get back to work. We want to get back to what we love. And I, yeah, actually my friend Courtney, she's in Winnipeg. Uh-huh. And she was saying that things were quite things are pretty bad again, like a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Halifax, which um, is not Winnipeg, but Halifax apparently has yeah. closed back up. Uh, that's another really? province. Yeah, it's uh, strange. It's uh, it feels like we're behind a, a lot of other countries in the world. Oh, Dude, we were like that there. Honestly, I feel you. We had like every, we were looking at like even you guys, or even like the the states. We were looking at the US, thinking, wow, the the vaccine program is really rolling out. And then someone told us the other day that you know, 70% of our population has been offered the vaccine. And I thought, oh, that's really great. And we're such a tiny little island, but, you know, we've got a, we've got a little ways to go yet. But, mm-hmm. man, my, my heart's with you, dude. I, I hope you come out of it soon. And I'm glad you're keeping safe and busy. It looks, the Studio One stuff is incredible. Like, thank you, man. Some of the artists you've had on, like I was going through, I was listening to them on Spotify the other day and was obsessed with Valley. Um, for the longest time like the last year i was like oh no way these guys were on it with jabril that's so cool and uh yeah i just i just love the interviews they're really really cool so thank you for having me man yeah thanks man i was like oh this guy is so nice with us like is he like just getting started but then i saw oh okay you have okay you've been in music for a while like you're just yeah yeah so like it was <laughs> like yeah it was like oh it's a super nice guy like you got we got oh, to get on but like, i didn't know about jabril didn't tell like he keeps a lot of things low-key so i didn't know that sure. you've been waiting to talk to us for a long time so oh, that's cool honestly it means the world that you'd have you're having me and yeah it's, it was just really lovely reaching out when it was just before jabril started uh his new job and i thought it'd be great to chat yeah. to you when maybe like closer to the summer because i think i just put my last like my last Sam Martin song out. It was, do you mm. know me? And I said, I really basically I'm putting all of my like love and time and energy into Lake. So I was like, let's maybe chat about the Lake stuff. He was like, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Whenever, you know, whenever things open up and whenever, whenever we've got a slot. So thank you. Thank you so much. It means the world. So I'm Mike from studio one, uh, taking over the torch from Jabril Lake's dream indie pop artist. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Oxfordshire? Was it a college town? Was it a school town? Yeah, I think whenever anyone thinks of Oxfordshire and they're not from the UK, you always think of the university. Um, <laughs> I was I was actually funny if I was nowhere near Oxford Uni, but I yeah, grew up in a little village just outside of Oxfordshire and just was a, a crazy music scene growing up. Like um, it's because it's so small over here, the music scene is really tight knit and really close. I think if you speak to any UK-based artists, you know, um, they'll tell you like smaller towns like Oxford and, and Brighton and London. That's where I sort of first started playing music. But um, yeah, going back to growing up, just had super musical parents. Both my parents are really into like 
just every genre of music. So we always had really great classic albums playing in the house. And I think it was kind of, it was kind of unavoidable in a way going into music in, in some capacity. So yeah, that was it. I grew up playing guitar and singing and my mum would like teach me piano and, and I was just obsessed with songwriting since I was really little. So I just always, just what I've always wanted to do basically. Um, but I think, I think where I'm from definitely like shaped that just like, you know, the different influences around me, but yeah, for sure. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool place. Great. So what kind of music did you start first making? Was it Jimi Hendrix covers? Because you said you mentioned he was a huge influence on you. Yeah. For sure. Oh man. I, I think every like 10 year old kid in their room when they first start playing guitar wants to be Jimmy. And I, I was definitely no exception. Um, I just got really into like just really great songwriters. Like I remember first hearing Carol King and um, Nina Simone and people like Neil Young when I was like maybe t- 11 or 12 and just thinking, oh, if I can, I think I felt, I felt such a certain way when I listened to good songs, good, good guitar playing and good instrumentalists with their own thing. But I think I just wanted to write music that, made people feel how I felt if that makes sense so um yeah those are those are definitely a few kind of big early influences yeah just those those great 60s 70s songwriters like I'm still obsessed with them today <laughs> so yeah they were kind of they live perpetually in our in our heads yeah the music yeah. forever yeah for sure yeah so a uh, couple words that you described yourself with uh, include Fresh, relatable, nostalgic, dreamy, heartfelt uh, in recent interviews. Do these words still resonate with you? I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think that's always, like I said, it's just about evoking as much emotion as, as I can. I think that's that's the only reason I've carried on writing the music I've written is, is I think when I wrote my, my, my stuff before Lakes was very much just me and an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar on my own, you know, um, which was great. But the more I dug into production, the more I dug into how I want lakes to sound, I was like, this is, I just want to pack this stuff with so much kind of dreamy longing and a lot of ethereal ambient stuff. And that's, that's the music that's always kept me coming back. So I think, yeah, it still resonates. It's still definitely how I'd always want to be tagged. I suppose if you, if you were to kind of sum it up in a few words, I think it's the, it's, it's really hard to, to find yourself if you don't really know how you sound but I, I always said my manager said to me a couple of weeks ago like you create your own thing when you fail to sound like your heroes and I was like yeah that's so mm-hmm. true because I've never really know how to describe the lake stuff but um I, I always wanted it to be listenable and relatable and you know dreamy and ambient and all those all those kind of different descriptions but ultimately for me if someone can listen to it and go like oh yeah I can I could listen to that like on a drive or at the beach or when I'm like running you know to have like a broad spectrum um that's all I want at the moment you know yeah great so Peppa Pig has actually exploded all over China the popularity (laughs) a lot of Americans and Canadians see the English accent as like a trustworthy knowledgeable accent wow so, okay. listen to people wow. like john oliver oliver <laughs> you pretty much believe what he says and even yeah, when i look at british comedians they feel like they have just a natural sense of authority do you take advantage that's, of that oh man that's hilarious i was just talking about the john oliver thing we were literally were watching that the other night that's so so funny i can't believe you brought that up um yeah i think like 
Well, it's really funny. The, the way Lake started is I went to, I, I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles in, in 2019 and I love that place like so much. And I went out there and I'd never, never ever been to the States before. So it was just really funny. I've never had my accent be like a novelty or like a talking point before because I'd never left like Europe because I've yeah. been to like France and Italy with, with family and friends. And I was like, I wonder if it's true. I wonder if it's as like romanticized as it is in the media. First trip first trip into like a Starbucks this really lovely couple ran over and they were like oh my god say like say something English and I was just like hello and I was just trying to be like as polite as possible and that was the first thing they said like you're so polite I said, oh thanks we we try and be polite but I guess I guess Canadians get that too right like between the US and Canada like you I mean every single Canadian person I've met has been super friendly and super hospitable and it's just um it's so funny how like our accent can determine that I think I think it's true yeah to, to, to a degree I think it's definitely true people just always want to talk to you <laughs> yeah Canadians because of the whole the whole uh colony aspect we seem more like oh it's the it's they're British they're from they're from yeah, yeah. the past, <laughs> yeah. from, the past <laughs> from years gone by from many moons ago yeah it's I feel totally, that I totally feel that yeah yeah the, the Americans were probably like oh this kid uh, I better tell my kids like just some kid from Harry Potter just showed by. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Probably what do you think? Oh man, the Harry Potter references are endless. I um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant if you speak to someone who's never like, because I don't really know my accent over here is fairly nondescript. Like it's right. not what you'd call like posh. It's not like, you know, my my parents are from um, my parents are both from London, so it's not like Cockney, but it's not mm. Northern. It's like its own little Midlands accent. Um, but they don't care in America. It's like, oh. you sound remotely like Daniel Radcliffe, therefore I'm <laughs> going to compare it to Harry Potter. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love, I just really fell in love with, with LA and just how like people will just come up to you and say that in America. And like people are so much more conversational. We can, we're cool over here. We can be a little bit more closed off, but I like, I like how it's a talking point, isn't it? You know, as long as somebody wants to chat, it's all good with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned the importance of keeping venues alive. Would you ever consider opening up your own venue? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's, um, that's always been a dream. I think when I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I've like put down my roots a bit more, I'm talking like quite, quite late on in my life. Maybe I would love to open just a super chill grassroots, you know, um, a kind of a, a venue where bands can start, but bands you know that are more established can kind of there there are those certain venues in the world where mm -hmm. we have one in in our town the the o2 academy and the o2 academies in general are quite like you know you can be a beginner as a band you can be a kind of starting out as a band and play there and then you know like kings of leon will play there it's everything from every spectrum of, of people's careers so i'd love to just open like a really chill you know really kind of like cross genre venue that is just run by people that love music maybe yeah maybe when i'm like you know older and wiser yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a, that's a sick question yeah I'd, I'd love to do that one day for sure yeah that's because it's just so important to me like keeping um obviously through covid like so many venues in the uk closed down which is heartbreaking there was one in, in my kind of the village or the town that i grew up near that shut down and we were so so heartbroken man like this place the seller had like given us so much as, as bands and um 
yeah to see it go was was pretty sad so if, if I can give anything back to like new artists then that I'd be super grateful for that yeah mm. that'd be cool yeah yeah we have we have a pretty iconic uh, venues closing too I wonder what they're gonna what venues are gonna survive in, down the road yeah. you know uh happy thoughts happy, happy thoughts thought, happy thoughts that's what I've been saying all week is like happy thoughts like it's looking it's looking good it's looking more positive every week like I know we've had a few setbacks and we were we were talking like you know about different countries being behind and stuff but man yeah I, I just hope that when we pull through it's kind of like uh looking out the blinds I was I was always liking it to kind of like an apocalypse happening like meteors coming down and everyone's <laughs> looking out the window like I think we're okay I think we I think we made it through we is everyone are we good we and then we just walk outside it's like okay just pick up the rubble clear the roads like everything's all right everything's everything's gonna be okay yeah it's like that meme with the fire in the background this yeah, is yeah literally yeah when, yeah when it's like two minutes past your shift and you've just clocked off and 10 customers come in it's like oh, fire. oh yeah. god <laughs> no you're leaving leaving yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> so what were the biggest lessons from performing with big acts like james bay in the 1975 Oh man, I I learned so much from just being being around bands that I loved or artists that I love. Um, even just down to little things like just speaking to them about you know st- stuff that musicians you wouldn't think that that you know you'd ask like your heroes just about touring and how do you how do you keep a level head and like how do you do this and you know when I met um I met Matt Healy when they weren't even called the 1975, they were called Talk House. Mm. And this was like 2013, early, very early 2013. And they were just starting to get big. And, you know, when I, when I played, I opened for James Bay and it was like a similar thing. I was just talking to like him and his manager and, and friends that were there and his band. And there's just this, I think the one lesson is just like, they're all still best friends playing music and they just love it so much. Um, I think the best bit of advice I got given on, on that night was just like, just always enjoy it. Like, you know, and if, if something's, if something's not right, whether it's like in your team or in, in your band or relationships, just try and like, just hone in on it and like fix it straight away. Cause mm. um, to me, it, though, yeah, to them, you know, the world's kind of looking up to them, but I think in their heads, they're still just like teenagers playing music in their, in their garage together, which I think is really grounding for you know an up-and-coming artist to, to talk to one of their heroes and then to be like oh yeah like I treat my day just like you you know I'm still I still get nervous I still get scared and you're kind of like oh, okay I'm allowed to get scared that's fine <laughs> right. um just j- just to let it be human to let music be as, as human as possible you know which might sound a bit cheesy but it's it's true it's definitely true yeah yeah or if you want to make like really hardcore like if you want to force conflict to make I don't know, hardcore rock music. And you literally, I saw like an SNL thing where like, I think a band member was literally like slapping their drummer, like on stage. <laughs> I think in oh, yeah, yeah. certain situations, but yeah, for sure. For the most part, everyone's got those, those, those falling outs and stuff. Like yeah. I've never, it was one thing about being a solo artist for so long is I always had like, my, my mates were always like my session band. So mm-hmm. I never had any, like any kind of hard feelings with anybody. I've, I've had like, you know, there's, there's, there's always situations where, you know, emotions are high if it's like a stressful week and you've played like a load of shows in a row. But I think 
the biggest lesson I learned from like playing on those stages and being around those people is like, man, they, they all just love it. Like they love it exactly the same now as they did from when they were like 16. And mm-hmm. I think it's just really, it's really grounding and like humbling to be like, oh yeah, they're, you know, just, they're just like, oh, they're just like the rest of us. It sounds really cheesy. Like, just like a normal human being, like the rest of us. But yeah. Um, I mean, if I want to, if I want to start writing like thrash metal and, <laughs> you know managers are just kind of stood to the side like all right man should, that doesn't kind of fit in with like the dreamy lakes aesthetic do you want to maybe like reconsider that's gonna that's hilarious i'm definitely throwing in that curveball i'm gonna be in a, i'm gonna be in like a zoom meeting one day and be like i'm thinking about swedish fresh metal right <laughs> not gonna lie and just see how it goes down um yeah that's mm-hmm. cool that's yeah. giving me a really good idea now <laughs> yeah very exploring yeah there you go putting ideas in your head like inception absolutely it is like inception (laughs) great reference so you've mentioned that you wanted to perform in nippon putokan so putokan arena in tokyo uh why specifically that venue because i had to look it up really (laughs) oh it's a big venue but it's not like like, it's so specific it's so specific because and this is such a funny story i remember seeing a um there was like a documentary about it when, when I was, cause I went to music college basically. And my tutor was like, oh, like if you can play here, you can play the Budokan. And I was like, Budokan, what is that? I know that name. <laughs> and we watched this documentary about it and just how like, how massive it is. And it, we, I always kind of like parodied myself and being like the music I played, great. like the music I played even, even like two years ago is not arena filling music in, in my mind, like, you know, I've only just gotten to a point where I'm comfortable kind of like selling out a big club or like a, like an O2 Academy. And I just think it was kind of funny how I was like, Oh yeah, I could sell out. Oh, one day, one day I'll play the Budokan. And with every bit of seriousness, my manager looked at me, like put his hand on my shoulder. Like you will, you will play the Budokan. <laughs> it was like Wayne's world. It was amazing. It's like, yeah, you will, one day, man, you'll have it. And I've never seen so much like intent in someone's eyes. He was like, no, no, you make fun of yourself, but, like mark my words i was like okay so yeah most most supportive manager in the world he's great um so that was, that's quite funny i don't know i don't know why specifically i always just go back to that venue i think it's because it's really big and i'm obsessed with that country and i would yeah. love to i'd love to play some shows in asia yeah yeah it's in a park you you can imagine the japanese fans like being really like you know they're you're they're the stadium shows they're like clap rhythmically like, yeah, yeah like, for sure the energy from artists like crowds you know crowds out there and it's the same like specific countries like there are always artists that say oh yeah crowds in like berlin are really into it or john mayer was saying like his crowds in tokyo so like invested but respectful i think that's a really funny combination in an arena to to imagine people being respectful in like the o2 in london is just hilarious (laughs) like just is we're we're like we're mad dogs out here it's great um but a lot of a lot of the lake stuff what really surprised me is my more and more people from all these places were listening to me like from the philippines and japan and like thailand and i was really shocked like i didn't even know that those places would know i exist let alone mm-hmm. listen to my music so one day one day i'll head out there yeah. <laughs> when the world is in better shape <laughs> yeah yeah so okay uh, another day is the first record I played uh, from you. So 
uh, while my parents were lecturing in the background about something, uh, <laughs> the music actually kept me sane. Uh, everybody oh. knows you're hurting. Is it about a breakup or I was trying to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not even funny thing is it wasn't even my breakup. It was um, a friend of mine. She was going through like, just like the, the worst kind of messy breakup you could go through. And that lyric came from a conversation. I think a lot of songwriters will, will say they're guilty of like, they'll say something out loud and then like get their phone out and put it in their notes. Like, Hey, everyone knows you're hurting. And then just like <laughs> put it in their notes. Like that'll make a great lyric. Yeah. I didn't say that to her at the time. Um, but that whole song is just about like, it's half about me missing someone I couldn't be with. And then it's half about like, kind of you know is the is the idea of this you know greater than actually the reality of it was the was the whole kind of dialogue with another day um but it, it, yeah it's on the face of it just sounds like a really sweet love song about missing someone but that bridge is kind of like the you know the breaking point of everyone knows you're hurting you know step into the light you know my words are marking you like meaning like you know every day you say like i miss you it just it kind of hurts more and more is the is the sort of meaning behind it but um yeah i do that a lot at the moment i'm not even necessarily writing about my own experiences i'll i'll write about like a conversation i have with a friend or a situation they've been in um but that's where that came from yeah so uh internet friends the guitars start really country and then they oh, fall yes. into the background and your voice takes over as so first was like is this a country ballad oh okay <laughs> sweet <laughs> I, I feel like uh, it's the thoughts you go through while you're trying to go to sleep and it keeps you up at night um are yeah. we real or are we internet friends uh, so what was the what was the story behind that song i love that that's such a cool way first of all that's a wicked way of thinking about it i love it um yeah funnily enough like I finished that song really late one night before I was going to bed it's it's like you're in my mind that's crazy um it's it's about how like, it doesn't matter like I've met so many people through you know Instagram Twitter um everything that we've kind of used to stay in touch with each other this last year I I wouldn't have lakes if it wasn't for the people I've met on the internet genuinely like I wouldn't have started this project and completely rebranded myself if it wasn't for like you know those kind of quote-unquote internet friends it, it, it's about how like at the end of the day we're all connected and we're all talking and it doesn't really matter and it kind of sounds like I'm saying in the song it kind of sounds like I'm saying like oh like are we even real or are we just like internet friends but the flip of that is like actually I, I don't care like you're a friend and you've you know you've been there with me through the start of this crazy like whirlwind of a year so um it was like a yeah like a homage to all those people I guess like a kind of tribute to to all my friends that I've never even been in the same room with which if you told like our parents that like even like 10 years ago to be like oh yeah like my friend so-and-so in like you know in Beijing or my friend you know in Canada like I was saying my friend in Winnipeg it's like oh wow like I've never actually stood in the same room with you guys yet you've been here like every day of my life since lockdown started and to tell you the truth i wouldn't have had the time to start lakes if it wasn't for all those people so it, it felt really right to have that as the debut single and I'm, I'm just super happy with it I'm super happy with what it did and, and what it's like and how it kind of resonated with people differently um mm -hmm. but yeah and that's a really that was a really cool like observation of our song I love that that's wicked 
I'm glad. Yeah. So going back to um, people you meet on the internet. So during the middle, let's say half a year ago, I started mm-hmm. twitching on, uh, started streaming on Twitch uh, and a lot nice. of just like putting myself on camera. And once in a while, there would be like this kindred spirit or something that would just talk to me for hours. And um, there was a person who helped me through a pretty tough time. Like she was just there. She was from somewhere, I forgot, in the UK. Um, she, we'd have no connection, but she was just talk to me. Like, she was asking, yeah. For several hours and uh, yeah. another time, this guy from Chicago, we talked and he was kind of down. And you meet a lot of people that you... Uh, really connect with pretty much randomly the sad thing is they don't ever come back really but um i always liken it to it's the kind stranger in a bar bathroom you know when you're on a night out you're in a night you're in a nightclub and you meet that lovely person that like compliments your outfit or you say hey man nice necklace or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's like a more global version of that and Mm -hmm. i i love that man that like that makes me like choke up a bit because you you've pretty much just described like something that happened literally I was talking to my friend in, in New York and we actually, we've been speaking for like a couple of years and, and mm. he was saying like, man, what, yeah, this, this terrible, terrible point in his life. And I said, oh, man, I didn't realize how much we were there for each other through that. And I haven't actually ever met you, which is just insane. And I love that. I love that, you know, those people got you through that because it's totally what that song's about. Like, doesn't matter if we're just internet if, you know, if we're internet friends quote unquote we're still really good friends and you know a lot of the time a lot of the time you know they know more about you than people that have been in your life for like years right do you like yeah. I'm, i guess with twitch you probably find that too like, I just, they were just comments yeah. they, i don't yeah. they weren't yeah they were just typing and i still felt something yeah it's great yeah it's amazing i love that i love stories like that so much mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the best thing yeah one of the best things sure yeah it's amazing yeah and and to follow up on the internet for like during the pandemic so me and jabril will usually just talk over instagram but we bump into each other in public and that was pretty much the only time that we bump into each other during the pandemic <laughs> it felt yeah. really weird and awkward so <laughs> i felt like that was going to happen with a lot more friends that i, I will hopefully eventually see are you starting yeah. to see friends out of your immediate bubble am i starting to see yeah i mean I'm starting to see people that I, you know, both people that I, now things are opening up um, that I haven't seen in a while. Um, we've been in the studio more, which has been great. Um, and we were, we were actually, we went, we went to the studio the other day and I was just like, I haven't seen you since the start of this. And that's crazy enough. But what's, what's really cool is like finally meeting some of the people that we, I've been talking to all this time, which has been really nice. Like, I haven't done it too much because you know just life is, is is also coming back so that that means like responsibilities coming back but <laughs> it, yeah I, I love that even you guys felt that because I can't believe that we've been in this for so long and it feels good to kind of meet to make the internet uh, kind of make some of your internet friends like real life in-person friends of wow we're actually in the same room that's that's super cool and you sort of never really think you're going to be there don't you you're like oh wow but so it's taken us a year, but we're finally here. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been really really cool. Yeah. So you mentioned writing a record on a plane. Is that is that Santa Monica, the record on a plane? Yeah, I finished. Funnily enough, I like we recorded most of that in Santa Monica, mm. bar 
the last bit of the vocals or the last like the kind of bridge and the last verse and I kind of had it as this what I call like a hard drive hit like I'd had it like in my back pocket for ages mm. and um yeah I was, I was gonna release it as myself I mean that was that was what the, mid, the middle of 2019 so yeah mm. way before COVID was even a thing and mm. I finished it on a plane coming home and it was one of those funny things where like we had all this studio time in LA and then just when I was leaving I was like trust trust it to be now that I finish it like <laughs> we'd worked on it for like a couple of days and I was like ah oh, now it's done you know now that I've like gotten to the middle of this flight I feel like flying for me is always like super I don't know what it is but you're you're so far removed from everything you're you're you kind of feel quite isolated it's, it's they're great writing conditions because you're like <laughs> you're always in your thoughts and you're always in your head and you've got nowhere to go obviously so yeah the, the last bit which is like you let me run to the California sun that was like ah. Oh, perfect and then got home and, and finished the song in the studio um so that's kind of interesting like it's sort of spliced between a few different places that track but mm-hmm. yeah yeah you also mentioned during the writing of the song that you were trying to ask yourself tough questions like does your artistry honestly reflect your soul or your person uh, what yeah. have you learned about yourself during the lockdown i think just like my ability to let go of I think a lot of musicians have this semi-identity crisis maybe maybe more than once in their life where they're like does my art reflect my character does does my character reflect my art kind of like I always have to be seen as this as this music guy I always have to be really in touch with like my musicianship and um, I think one thing lockdowns taught me is just like as long as long as you're happy and as long as you're doing things that make you happy you know, for the last, I'll be honest, for the last like year of releasing stuff under my own name, I had lakes in my back pocket. I was like ready to to rebrand and to change it. And I was like, hey, this, this is going to make me feel great. And um, yeah, it was just about that discussion of like, okay, you know, am I, am I happy in, in myself and what I'm doing? Is this, is this music I'm releasing now how I want to be remembered? And I kind of just clicked like, wait, I'm, I'm going to be remembered. Like, you know, it shouldn't just all be about what you create in the way it should just be who you are. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's an awesome question. I think, I think it's something everybody asks themselves, but maybe they don't necessarily know how to like ask it. If that makes sense. Like a lot of people get kind of freaked out. I just had like a eureka moment of like, who, who am I as an artist? And is that who I am now? And that's, that's basically where Lake started. Like, you know, um my name is my name is Sam Martin but I record under lakes and everything comes out under that alias now and it just I feel I think for the first time like I feel like I've arrived at like just a really happy place as a as a musician which sounds really like like kind of a big revelation you know for something that I like I kind of have, have known since 2019 but it um yeah it kind of it kind of ended that discussion if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah so let's go back to happy thoughts. So what yeah, uh, LA, sure. <laughs> um, well, you said uh, spend a pretty good amount of time in LA. I, I've always wanted to move to LA. So I'm, I yes. am hard in LA. So uh, yeah. what, uh, what was that like? What was, what was that trip like? Oh man. I, I, I got on a plane by myself on the 30th of March, 2019. I'm such a nerd with dates. I don't know why I remember stuff like that so well. I, I had like 
just gone through a breakout at the end of 2018. And my manager went to this, we played this gig in Hackney Chapel and he was like, man, you should just like, in the new year, you should just go away by yourself, go somewhere where you've always wanted to go. And my, a friend of mine lived in, um, he lived in Glendale at the time. So I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to go to LA. And I literally just booked a flight on my own and flew out and just, I fully fell in love with it from like the first day I was there. Like the, the people, the, the pace, the scenery, the, obviously like the weather, you always grow up as a, as a Brit in the rain. <laughs> as a British person where we get like... Snow, we've oh, man, months of snow, yeah. Literally always snowing, like always really miserable in the winter. Like I just, I got really enamored with it from when I was a kid and like growing up watching, you know, all the movies we watch over here. But um, yeah, I, I flew out on my own and I landed like really late at night And the moment I walked out of the airport, I was like, I only, I know one person here. Like, I don't, I'm in a, I'm in a, one of the biggest cities in the world and I know one person and he's working right now. I have to get, I have to find my own way through LA right now on my own. And I remember at the time I had a, I had an old iPhone and I didn't even have like roaming data. So I was in the situation that anybody else should have been really scared of, but I was, I was so excited because I, I didn't have any preconception about like, Oh, I have to do this and this and um yeah man that I think that trip was like one of the, the biggest like life-changing moments of my life because I was just like so obsessed with doing stuff and uh yeah then I went back out in, in September that year and did some more recording and saw some friends and it was yeah just I, I love that play I can see why your heart would be there because I feel like you always kind of leave a little bit of yourself there when you go um I'd love. I'd love to live there. Yeah. Where whereabouts would you want to live? In LA. Um, well, <clears throat> do you know Vince Staples, the rapper? Yeah. Uh, he always talks about move the Torrance, move the Torrance. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like every outlet <laughs> is like move the Torrance, but I don't know yeah. what it's like at all. I wonder if I really love LA or just the idea of it, like the yeah. of it, because I sure. first fell in love with like YouTube culture. All the YouTubers went to LA. And yeah, yeah, true. Comedians, so the comedian. Well, they're going to Texas, but we're not going to talk about mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, <laughs> everything that I love is pretty much out of source, out of LA, and the people yeah. are there. Um, For sure. But I sometimes ask myself: Is that is that a? Is it because I fell in love with the idea of it, the movie version of it? Um, yeah. But you've been there. You've been there. I yeah. I when I was in Anaheim, <laughs> I was at Disneyland. Oh, was, sweet, yeah, yeah. We were because we were on the tour bus. We were everywhere except LA. So right, I know yeah. about it, but I haven't <laughs> been it. So you've been you've been near and around it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like I think it's it's kind of like when people say they're from London or like they've like, oh I've been near London, but I live in Oxford. Like I spend mm-hmm. I spend most of my time like in and around London and Oxford but yeah I guess it's the same thing like you can be so close to somewhere but never really see it that well I, I totally get what you mean about oh, is, am I gonna do I, am I in love with the idea of it you know have I fallen in love with the idea of a place or a place and I was sat like I think I was in Echo Park and I was literally sat under a palm I was doing the most un-British things I was sat under a palm tree in the middle of like April wearing like a t-shirt like that would never happen over here you would you would freeze in a second if you did that in England <laughs> and I was like yeah I could live here I could you know this this is great the people are all super friendly you know there's a good coffee shop every two every two blocks like this is or every block this is amazing I love this place and just fully didn't want to come home um 
yeah, maybe maybe we'll head out there together one day. Maybe maybe yeah. by like we'll, we'll end up out there at the same time. That would be super cool. Put up some taco trucks. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, some cool and good places. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so this is more of a comment and a question. So the releases you have so far with Lakes, uh, the visual branding of the singles and how gentle your delivery is, it reminds me of looking at sunsets. Uh, you're sad that the day is over, but you're lucky to see like a quite beautiful time of the day. Um, so internet friends are sleepless nights. Santa Monica is early mornings and another day are the sunsets. Uh, is this kind of the vibe that you're going with? I love that. That's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's a really, really cool way of looking at it. Thank you. First of all, that's like no one's ever said that before. Um, I, I'm like, I'm massively like influenced by just the time of the day and nature and scenery and I think when I when I wrote another day I kind of had aesthetically I this is the thing with the lake stuff with my with my music I was releasing under my own name I didn't really ever have like a set aesthetic or stylistically an idea of what I wanted it to look like but I remember thinking that yeah another day sunset Santa Monica is going to be like a kind of coffee morning song internet friends is maybe like that kind of insomnia late night track um yeah i think i think i think time of the day like i said about kind of having that broad spectrum of like moods to to let people feel i kind of i wanted to make it so people could put on a playlist and be like oh i'm feeling kind of like feel kind of low today like let's stick on internet friends and santa monica and then like a couple a couple of the tracks on the ep which i'm like it's going to be out in the summer like I've, i might as well already like just say it here like mm. there are some there's a song called cowboy which is just so like summery and mm. it's just really kind of, yeah, like that, that exactly that just kind <laughs> of like it gets you moving. And I love that track. I think there are some songs where I get really, I'm like, I'm proud of them, but then there are other tracks where I'm like, man, I like, I just want it to be out already so people can hear it. I'm so, so excited to put Cowboy out. Like you can see on my face, <laughs> like I'm, I, I cannot wait. Um, I can't wait for that track to be out. And I think it kind of completes the, completes the cycle completes the cycle of like day to night i guess mm -hmm. but that's that's a really really cool way of looking at it i love that so much yeah and uh, yeah. i guess that's a that's a general is it fair to say like a general theme of the ep or is it a bigger theme or yeah for sure yeah I, I think i think that's definitely that would be a good way of, of like like thematically looking at the ep is like just moods and um it's called crybaby which I haven't announced, like I'm going to be announcing that this week. I thought, you know, say tell you guys first, um, the EP is called Crybaby. And it's a, yeah, it, it's coming out this summer. And I think I called it that because like, I've always been pretty proud of like being sensitive in a way where you're just like, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you, you're kind of very open and emotional and you're, you're not afraid to write about anything, you know, um, so that's why I wanted to call the EP Crybaby because it's kind of it sounds like it's poking fun at myself, but it's actually like no, I'm I'm proud. Like I'm I'm happy that you know, yeah, you know, it's good to cry. It's good. It's good to cry. It's good to write kind of what I'd call like a, a happy sad song. You know, where like it might sound happy, but the lyrics are a little bit more melancholy. Or songs like Cowboy, where it's straight up just like I want to be your everything. Like I want to be your cowboy, your only. But like there's some really fun lyrics in that where. I kind of you imagine how it's going to look as well as it has how it sounds if that makes sense um 
so yeah i think i think aesthetically i'm just i'm just really excited for cp to come out man i can't wait for the um the visuals to come together and all of that stuff that you spend ages on so yeah definitely are you any by chance are you a cancer uh, no i'm an aquarius i'm aquarius oh. january 22nd but um I can I can see I can see why you would say that. Because <laughs> yeah, when people like on TikTok they make fun of signs and cancers yeah. are emotional, but uh, oh, for sure, I'm an honorary cancer. I think honor. Yes, we we. My friend Darcy, yeah, my friend, <laughs> she says that. Yeah, I, sh I should be an honorary cancer. How, how about you? I'm a cancer. That's why I asked. Oh, really? Okay. See, <laughs> energy, energy, energy. Always. <laughs> for sure. I love. It. Yeah. So excited to see you do shows with a vengeance, uh, quoting yourself from another interview. Um, sure. Hopefully, you know, not, we all get back onto the right steps and uh, want to yeah. see you in Botokan Arena. And, Definitely. Uh, One day, man. One day. Yeah, LA, <laughs> you know, do it all. Yeah. Go to warm places. It just snowed two yeah. days ago. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. man, we'll get out to LA. Don't worry. We'll be out there together. It'll be, it'll yeah. be like the snow never happened. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> skipping and pretending nothing. Skipping, jumping, yeah, running through sunsets, going to Malibu will be great. Yeah, for sure. Mark my words, man. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You made this so easy. So, Dude. yeah. Hope you have a good night. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun, mate. Thank you for having me, and congratulations with everything. Um, yeah, super, super happy for you guys, and um, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. All the best. Thank you. All right. All the best. Studio One.